مساء الخير صباح الخير لكل المستمعين صباح الخير رامي صباح الخير لضيفتنا لليوم مثل كل نهار جمعة بنحكي عن قانون الكريمينال لا وعن قانون الفاميلي لا مع المحامية ماريا باتشينكو ماريا معروفة صارت تقريبا بالجالية من قبل عدة أشخاص لأنه كانت تشتغل بمكتبنا افترقت عنا لمدة تقريبا سنة ورجعت العلاقة وماريا باتشينكو عندها خبرة ضليعة جدا خبرة هائلة بموضوع الكريمينال لو والفاميلي لو جود افتنون اتوني ماريا باتشينكو جود افتنون ايم فيري هابي تو هاف يو هير توداي هابي تو بي هير اي ام هابي ذات ا لوت اوف بيبل ار ليسنينغ تو اس ويف جوتن ا لوت اوف فيدباك اباوت ذا شوز ذات وي هاف بين دوينغ يس ديلايتد يس ايم فيري هابي اباوت هافينغ شيرد ويز بيبل يو نو ا نمبر اوف مستمينرز ذات ار بيكمينغ pretty much on prosecutor's radars. Yes. And last week and the week before, I apologize, you, you hear me here uh, flipping. We uh, talked about the first thing and we don't want to spend a lot of time, but just summarize a little bit. We talked about the fact that in criminal law, when you are accused of a crime for which you can be jailed and not every crime, for which you can be jailed. Some misdemeanors, for example, they don't have, they don't carry. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're correct. There's some, there are some traffic misdemeanors. that Traffic misdemeanors that do not carry the threat of jail. So for those, you do not have a constitutional right to free legal representation. Right. But any misdemeanor, any felony you are accused of that is jailable, that can carry with it, the possibility of jail or prison, you have the constitutional rights under the Constitution of the United States to have a free lawyer appointed for you if you tell the judge that you cannot afford to have your own lawyer, correct? That's correct. Okay, yes. very good. However, that kind of right, which exists only in criminal law, does not exist in family law, it's not a constitutional right. If a wife and a husband want to go through a divorce or they're fighting custody and they cannot afford to have a lawyer, they do not have a constitutional right to have a lawyer appointed by the judge for them. Am I right? That's correct. And then any divorce case, would you ever have any type of constitutional right to have a lawyer? You have a right to have your own lawyer, but you would have to provide it yourself. You would have to pay for a lawyer. Or if you um, meet some certain eligibility requirements and there is enough funding available, certain legal aid associations may be able to assist you. But they are so swamped and so overbooked and underfunded at this point that they have so many more people coming in asking for free legal help than they are able to assist with. So in those situations, you would either have to represent yourself or try to find an attorney that you can afford. Okay, so there are, yes, there are, like Lakeshore yes. Legal is one of those. That's uh, the biggest one, right? I'm sorry? That's the biggest one. That's the biggest one, yeah. Lakeshore Legal, and sometimes, we represent people whose significant others on the other side are represented by Lakeshore Legal. All the time. As I was going through files with you recently, there were two files that came uh, that, that have the wife 
being represented on the other side. We're representing the husband in both cases. Yes. And the wives are represented by Lakeshore Legal. Yes. And it's a free legal aid. That is correct. However, if you qualify. Yes. So you have to be below a certain means. That's Financial means. Correct. Okay. And the demand exceeds the supply. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So... Before we move on to from this topic and summarize very briefly, because today is a continuation of what we started talking about two Fridays ago, talked in greater depth about last Friday, about, you know, using a technological device and then moving on to cyberbullying and computer fraud and abuse, which is what we want to talk about today. Let me just quickly summarize this point in Arabic. So, Hkina إنه بما بخص أي إنسان متهم بجناية أو جنحة الجنحة أو الجناية مشكل جنحة ممكن تعرض هذا الشخص لينحبس مثلا في بعض المخالفات السيرية هي جنحة بس ما فيها حبس وإنما القانون بيقول أي جناية أي جنحة أي تهمة جناية أو جنحة ممكن يكون الأصاص فيها حبس المعنى بالأمر إذا ما بيقدر يوكل محامي المحكمة مجانيا بتوكله محامي فور فري هيدا حق دستوري هيدا الحق الدستوري لكل اللي عم يتسمعوا اللي ما عندهم القدرة يستعملوا مكتبنا أو مكاتب محاميين كريمينال لو اترنيز اخرين لانه المدخول تبعهم متواضع ولانه التهمه الموجهه تجاههم ممكن يكون فيها احتمال حبس ساعتها وقت اللي بيمرقوا قدام القاضي والقاضي بيقول لهم كان يو افورد ليجل ريبريزنتيشن هل فيك يكون عندك المحامي فيك تختار المحامي هون ما له الشخص الا يقول له للقاضي نو اي كان نوت اتس ان اونر كود يعني القاضي ما رح يعمل تحريات القاضي ما رح يطلب المعاش الدبليو 2 تبع هذا الشخص او الدبليو 9 او الانكم تاكس ريتيرنز تبع هذا الشخص اذا شخص راح قدام القاضي وقال له للقاضي نو اي كان نوت افورد ا لوير ذن ا لوير ويل بي ابوينتد فور هيم اور هير وانما اللي بنحب نقوله هون مش كل المحاميين اللي معينين من قبل المحكمه جيدين ماريا محاميه بسينت كلير شورز معينه من قبل المحكمه لكل شخص متهم بجنيه او جنحه وممكن يكون فيها احتمال حبس اللي بيروحوا قدام القاضي بسينت كلير شورز وبيقولوا له وي كان نوت المحكمه بسينت كلير شورز بتعين لهم ماريا ماريا محاميه جيده جدا وانما من وقت لوقت بنسمع اوقات انه المحكمه بتعين لشخص المحامي والمحامي ما بيكون عم يعمل شغله صح او ما بيكون عنده خبره كافيه لحتى يمثل هذا الانسان، يعني هون عم نوجه بس تحذير للمستمعين اللي ما بيريدوا يوكلوا محامي ويدفعوا مصاري، اللي بيحبوا يطلبوا من القاضي انه يوكل لهم محامي، اول نقطه تذكروا انه this is only available in criminal law, not in family law، هيدا حق دستوري فقط لاي انسان 
متهم بجنحة أو بجناية وهيدا التهمة ومش كل تهمة بس هيدا التهمة لازم يكون فيها possibility of jail or prison هيدا التهمة بيكون فيها احتمال انه ينحبس هذا الإنسان لنهار أو لأكثر من سنة مثل ما قلنا في بعض الجنح كل الجينيات فيها حبس بفتكر بس بعض الجنح ما فيها حبس مثل الترافيك تيكتس أتوني ماريا باتشينكو does every felony carry the possibility of prison Yes, that's okay. correct. But some misdemeanors do not carry the possibility of prison. Very few, and they're mostly very traffic, few. yes. Okay, very good. So, أول نقطة هيدا حق دستوري فقط in criminal law وإنما للأسف أوقات المحاميين المحاكم بتعينون ما بيكونوا جيدين. حكينا last Friday إنه في كتير عالم ما بتعرف إنه إذا المحامي is not doing a good job مش إذا ما حبيت المحامي ما عجبني ما ريحني بس إذا إذا الشخص اللي المحكمة عينت له محامي لأنه هيدا المحامي غير جيد وما عم يشتغل شغله بيقدر يروح قدام القاضي ان فاير هيدا المحامي ويطلب من القاضي يوكل له محامي ثاني مجانيا وانما بده يكون في سبب وجيه مش انه ما حبيته للمحامي بيزعجني المحامي الى اخره بده يكون في اسباب وجيهه. I was reminding the listeners that last week we briefly spoke about the fact that even when you have a court appointed attorney If you're not happy with your attorney for good cause, if if your lawyer is not doing a good job, if your lawyer is missing deadlines, um, something substantial, then you can fire your lawyer and go in front of the judge, explain to the judge why, hopefully convince the judge so that another lawyer will be appointed for you. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, you, I think they keep point of what you just said is is that it has to be something substantial like we talked about last time you can't just have a personality conflict with your attorney it has to be something that the lawyer is doing that is either impacting your case in a negative way um, not preserving your right to appeal certain issues there's got to be some kind of substantial um, disconnect between your lawyer's service on your case and um, what they're supposed to be doing. So if you are able to articulate that to a judge and explain that to a judge, it is likely that the judge will allow the attorney to be relieved from the case and then appoint you a new lawyer. Thank you very much for this clarification. We did talk about it in greater detail last week. We just want our listeners to know those who want a court-appointed attorney in a criminal matter, you know, they have the right to change lawyers, but only when the reasons are legitimate. And the other thing is that it's an honor system. And what I mean by that, the judge is not going to check whether you make very little money or a lot of money. If you tell the judge you cannot afford a, a, uh, a legal representation the judge is going to take you at your word but the judge better not discover during the unfolding of your case that you actually took advantage of the system that's there to help people who really cannot afford lawyers not people who don't want to pay a lawyer correct and it happens sometimes it does i've actually witnessed it happen not with one of my court appointed uh, cases but while sitting in court. Um, in St. Clair Shores? Actually, we were in the circuit court in Macomb. Okay. But, you um, may want to raise your voice just a little bit. Um, yes. But uh, actually, we were in the circuit court in Macomb. This is, this is better. I think I'm talking a little louder now. <laughs> Very <laughs> but, good. Um, I like it. The circuit court judge had uncovered, as you said, that... Discovered. The, yeah, that the um, defendant was actually driving around like a i think it was like a over a hundred thousand dollar automobile that uh, was coming to court and had um very expensive watches and 
the judge took notice into this and um, ultimately... As How the case, does a judge find out that the accused who wanted a court-appointed lawyer was driving a very expensive over $100,000 car? Well, the the case was actually a domestic violence. It was a third offense. So it had gone to the circuit court because it was a felony. And ultimately what happened was the lawyer who was appointed to the case was being accused of not acting the way that they're supposed to by the client so, so the defense so the accused went in front of the judge wanting to change the lawyer yes and um the victim on the case was there um about another issue and when the judge was asking some questions well you know sir can you afford your own representation it, it appears that you're you know well spoken it appears that you are working you've told me several times that you couldn't come to court on certain days because you're working what's going on that you need a court appointed attorney and the victim jumped in and said he's driving i think it was a, ra a land rover so or the victim <laughs> was a woman who he had committed it, allegedly domestic violence against yes so she was all too eager to yes. tell on her yes Okay, yes. and um, I mean, as I said, this wasn't my case. So I don't know a lot you of detail, but I was watching just watching. This. Yeah, and it, okay. so I've seen it happen. So if they do uncover the fact that you are able to afford your own attorney, what ended up happening in that situation was is that the attorney was allowed to submit their regular invoice. He had to repay court-appointed costs, and then he was required to, um, to find his own attorney to continue forward. So with let case. me make sure I understand the consequences of that. Not only do you prejudice the judge against you, but the judge made now the court appointed attorney who he is seeking to, to discharge today, prepare an invoice and he forced the defendant to pay his lawyer and then go hire another lawyer. Yes, I mean, it was a court, I'm certain it was a court appointed invoice. We, um, the invoice that Understood, we prepared. But it wasn't for the court to pay it. He made the defendant, the judge made the defendant pay it. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a person who وكانت عم بت بقلب المحكمة عم بتراقب ملف شخص متهم بالعلم في المنزل للمرة الثالثة ولأنه صار متهم بالعلم في المنزل للمرة الثالثة صارت فلني يعني صارت جنية هذا الشخص طلب من المحكمة قال له للقاضي إنه هو cannot afford a lawyer فطلب من القاضي a court appointed attorney القاضي قبل بيرجع هذا المتهم وبيطلب من القاضي انه يغير المحامي لانه غير مبسوط منه القاضي بيقول له استاذ انت كذا مره سالتك وقلت لي انه انت ما فيك تجي بهذا الوقت او بهذا الوقت لانك عم تشتغل القاضي كمان انتبه انه الساعه اللي عم يلبسها هي اللي بسها المتهم ساعه غاليه وثقيله الضحية اللي كانت الامرأة اللي ضدها هو الظاهر مرتكب العنف بتنط بقلب المحكمة وبتقوله للقاضي انه يا حضرة القاضي بسوء سيارة قيمتها اكتر من مئة الف دولار هون القاضي اكتشف انه هذا الشخص was abusing the system يعني هذا الشخص was taking advantage ساعتها القاضي بيطلب من المحامي انه يعطي الانفويس لهذا المتهم بدل ما المحكمة تدفعه وقت اللي وقت الانسان بيتعين له court appointed attorney مين بيدفع لل court appointed attorney المحكمة مثلا ماريا مين بيدفع للمحكمة so in this case وقت اللي شاف القاضي انه هذا الشخص كان is abusing the system هو منه بي هو منه بحاجة لمساعدة هو عنده القدرة يوكل محامي و 
ابيوز ذا سيستم ساعتها طلب من المحامي انه يعطي الانفويس بدل ما للمحكمه اعطاها للمتهم وجبر المتهم انه يروح يروح ينبش على محامي خاص فيه سو هون الانتباه انه صحيح it is an honor system صحيح القاضي بيتكل فقط على representations تبع الشخص وإنما أوقات وقت الكيس بيمشي بالمحكمة بتبين معلومات إضافية أخرى والسؤال هو هل هذه المعلومات بتدل إنه هيدا الإنسان بالفعل ما كان فيه يكون عنده محامي لأنه ما معه المصاري لحتى يجيب محامي ولا العكس هل حيبين معلومات إضافية بدها تفرجي إنه هيدا الشخص took advantage of the system هيدا شغلة ضرورية نتركها براسنا ومثل ما قلنا إنه بما إنه هيدا حق دستوري لكل إنسان متهم بجنحة أو بجناية فيها the possibility of jail أو prison هيدا الحق ما في حق دستوري بقضايا الفاميلي لا يعني وقت الاثنين عم بيطلقوا دستوريا حتى لو الامرأة أو الرجل ما بيقدر يكون عندهم محامي لهم المحكمة منا مضطرة لأنه ما في خطر حبس ما في ريسك اوف جيل ان فاميلي ماتر اذا كانت فاميلي ماتر دومستيك فايلنس صارت غير شيء صارت كريمينال ماتر وانما فاميلي ماترز طلاق سيبريشن تشايلد سبورت تشايلد كاستدي الى اخره حتى لو كان اي طرف من الطرفين ما بيقدر يوكل محامي ما عنده حق دستوري انه يتوكل له وانما في مؤسسات خيريه ذكرنا وحده منهم ونحن ما عندنا علاقه معها اسمها ليك شور ايد هي ليكشور ليجل او ليكشور ايد هي اكبر مؤسسه خيريه بنعرف فيها بتساعد الاشخاص اللي يمكن ما بيقدروا يوكلوا مكتبنا ان كانت امراه او رجل وعم يمرقوا بطلاق او عم يمرقوا بتشايلد سبورت تشايلد ايشوز الى اخره وانما اول شيء الانسان بده يكون مؤهل يعني هيدول المؤسسات مثلا بتفرض انه يفرج الشخص انه مدخوله ما في مدخول اوقات في مؤسسات بس بتساعد النساء مش الرجال اوقات في مؤسسات عندها كرايتيريا مختلفه مثل مثلا يكون في عنف منزلي لتساعد الامراه والمدخول بده يكون غير موجود او واطي جدا يعني برضه هيدول المؤسسات الخيريه اللي هي هون لتساعد الرجال او النساء اغلبيه الاوقات النساء عندها شروطها هيدي نمبر 1 ونمبر 2 نو ماتر وات الطلب اكثر من قدره العطاء يعني الطلب على مؤسسات الخيريه ليساعدوا هؤلاء الاشخاص اللي بدهم بدهم يقدموا طلاق ليلقوا لهم محاميين الى اخره مجانيا الطلب عليهم لهدول المؤسسات الخيريه اكثر من قدره هدول المؤسسات الخيريه للعطاء مشان هيك في مكتبنا بيجينا كثير اشخاص وضعهم المادي متواضع جدا حاولوا يقدموا على مؤسسات خيرية ورفضون مش لأنهم غير مؤهلين مش لأنه حالتهم جيدة بس لأنه الضغط على هيدي المؤسسات أكتر من قدرتهم أنه يعطوا هدول المؤسسات فيهم محاميين بيشتغلوا بيساعدوا النساء والرجال بطريقة مجانية وإنما هيدول المحاميين عندهم قدرة يمكن تهاندل عشرين ملف خمسين ملف إذا كان عليهم ضغط 100 ملف رح يرفضوا عد عده ملفات مشان هيك بيجينا اوقات ملفات من اشخاص حاولوا يروحوا على مؤسسات خيريه وما قدروا ثانك يو فيري ماتش فور ذس كلاريفيكيشن اي واز اجين ليتنج اور ليسنرز نو ذات وي باي ذا واي اي مين ويف دون ذس بيفور وي كونتينيو تو دو ات اني وان هو كان افورد فري ليجل ريبريزنتيشن اند جود ريبريزنتيشن وي انكارج ذيم تو دو ذات وي ار نوت هير تو مسليد بيبل 
That's why we go on the radio and we tell people that in criminal matters, if they cannot afford a lawyer, they should tell the judge and a lawyer will be appointed for them. And if they end up on a lawyer like you, they're very lucky. Occasionally, they will end up on a lawyer that's not good. That's completely different. And in family matters, the same. There is no constitutional right to have a free lawyer appointed for you. But like we said, there are a number of non-profit organizations who help people out there, but you must fit their criteria. Some insist on only helping women. Some, and correct me if I'm wrong, some insist only on helping victims of domestic violence. Some, you know, and no matter what, you have to show that you cannot afford a lawyer. And no matter what, the demand on these organizations to have a lawyer represent a woman for free far exceeds their ability to service all of these files. That's right. That's absolutely correct. And it's. I think that there is certain organizations even that are granted a certain number of uh, dollars per year for funding to assist specifically domestic violence victims who need representation in family law um, cases. But unfortunately, as you said, and... Um, we've said before that there's so many people out there that are asking for that um that service and they just don't have it there's only so many lawyers that work there one they can only handle so many cases and the funding that is granted to these organizations and that is that funding it's a non-profit it's funded by the state of michigan correct or in other probable um you know, sponsors charities. and things charities. like that. Absolutely. Yes. And they just don't have the resources to help every single person that comes through. So they have to figure out because, a system Because to let's be it. clear, those lawyers who work, let's say, for Lakeshore Aid, they get a salary. Yes. They make less money than if they worked in a private law firm. Sure. But they, they get a salary. And that salary has to come from the grants given by the state of Michigan and maybe some other charities. Absolutely. Uh, do you know how many lawyers are at Lakeshore legal aid i don't I 20 don't. 50 oh it's quite a substantial number i just don't know how many because they have several locations throughout the state There's sure some in Grand and, Rapids and, 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 and every lawyer can only take so many so Absolute. many cases correct do we know what the rate of divorce is these days we're have you looked 50, at we're over 50 percent over 50 percent so that means what one of every two marriages sadly results in divorce and a number of these divorces are in low-income people. So clearly the demand on these organizations, if they have 50 lawyers and every lawyer has more than 50 cases, I mean, that's it. They have to turn down the cases. Absolutely. And so they have a special system. I know um, from speaking with clients that have been turned away um, on how to filter these cases out and i do know that in certain circumstances victims of domestic violence are kind of bumped to the top of the list to help them uh first and uh, there's other other kinds of cases for various reasons that get bumped up a little higher so it's not necessarily that there's a straight line where people are just walking in and they're serving the next person or the next um potential client they have is to there sometimes a, a waiting oh yeah so sometimes wait. a woman wants who qualifies otherwise wants to file for divorce today applies to let's say lakeshore aid and they tell her it's going to be about six months before we can get to your case so she's going to have to wait yes and sometimes some it's a bad idea yes exactly that's what i was just about to say and i think that the issue that they face is is that people don't want to wait and so they will either go out and do it themselves um, in pro per, or they will find an attorney that might work with them um, on 
how much they can afford, which is very rare and very hard to find. But the issue is, is if you're in a situation where you're in domestic violence or emotional abuse, or you need to get out of your marriage for some way or reason or another. Because um, sometimes time is of the essence, correct, right? That exactly. is an urgency. Absolutely. Right. Um, and they can't, they just don't have the resources. Sure. They, on top of their salary, remember, you have to pay to, um, you know, make copies and print. They, they have of overhead course. costs. They, that they, they have paralegals and mm-hmm. filing fees. Yes. And Absolutely. Yes, they just course. can't afford everybody that walks through their door. So while we can, like you said, give you that resource, it's not necessarily true. Available to everyone. To, yes. Correct. Thank you very much for that. But again, anybody who can take advantage, we encourage them. We don't want them to come here and us charging them. We want them to go find the resources if they can. Um, Let me remind the listeners that like every Friday, we talk about criminal law and family law with attorney Maria Pachenko, who was with the firm, left the firm for a minute and is back with the firm. And we're very happy to have her. The last two weeks, and especially last week, we talked in great details about a crime that has been on the book for over 20 years that now is increasingly getting used by prosecutors because of something called a phone, Mm -hmm. a smartphone, an iPhone, an iPad, a smartwatch, a computer. Can you remind the listeners what is that misdemeanor which carries up to six months in jail in addition to fines, court costs, fees, and what have you? What is it called? The malicious use of a telecommunications device. The malicious use of a telecommunication device. Now, we wanted to remind the listeners that you don't need to be malicious to be accused by a prosecutor of that crime. Even if you use your telecommunication device, meaning your phone, to annoy people and you convince a prosecutor to, to, to charge the person who is annoying you using the telecommunication device. And I like how you describe the telecommunication device. Anything that submits a signal is a telecommunication device. A computer is a telecommunication device. An iPad is a telecommunication device. Social media is using a, a, a transmittal sign- signal and is a telecommunication device. A phone is a telecommunication device. A smartphone, a smartwatch, like the one I'm wearing, is it can be a telecommunication device. And if any of these are used to even as little as annoy somebody else, then that person can be charged. That's right. W- right. I don't like that they said malicious use. I wish they kept that word out. I do too. There's because a lot even of in the statute, like they say they use the word annoy. Yes, right inside the statutes, right in there. Right. Harass, and we talked molest. again about that client who came to us who had annoyed her ex-husband by calling him 12, 13 times, hung up on him. Yes. And her ex-husband went to the city of Rochester where this was taking place. And the prosecutor filed a charge against her, charging her with malicious use of her phone. And she came to us and she had to pay us. And then we had to represent her and fight for her and reduce it to a um, to a probation. Yes, it was that we reduced it down from the six month misdemeanor to a 93 day misdemeanor, which was more of being a, a nuisance. It was a nuisance right. Um, right. Uh, charge that it ended up being down to. But she still had to pay a pretty penny to yes. get it done. She had to pay us and then she had to pay the court costs and fines. And I think she pays probation. Yes, every because month. Because she's on probation. Yes. Probation fees can add up, by the way. Oh, yes. Right. 
Oh yes. And 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 by the way, using social media to annoy people fits within that statute. Absolutely. Correct. Yes. To annoy them. Yes. And to that, annoy them. Yeah. And 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 to harass. I mean, if it crosses a certain line, it, we're getting into what we're cyber bullying. About, the cyber bullying. Sure. That we or you can about. be charged under both statute. You can be charged under the cyber bullying statute if you use social media to annoy, harass, whatever. And you can be also, uh, you can be charged. Yeah, you can be charged under multiple statutes. Right. I mean, ultimately, the prosecutor is going to decide which one fits the facts of your case specifically more. Um, but if they choose, they absolutely can charge you under right. multiple statutes, which is exactly what they do in the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Sure. <laughs> and we talked about cyberbullying in greater detail last week, and God willing, next week. We want to talk about next Friday the signs of bullying in your child. See if your child is the victim of cyberbullying or is the perpetrator right. of cyberbullying, looking for signs both ways. But that law you said passed in March of 2019. Yes in response to a number of kids who committed suicide because they were being bullied, particularly a young girl here in the state of Michigan. Right. We talked about how the First Lady of the United States has that Be Best campaign about cyberbullying across the country. Yes, protect the children. Um, protect the children from, from, from cyberbullying. And um, cyber stalking, cyber, uh, other things that fall under the Computer Abuse Act that or to protect children from their computers, basically. So now let's talk about what we promised our listeners last week. We will talk about this week. You said there is a third charge. So we talked about malicious use of a telecommunication device. We talked about cyberbullying. And now let's talk about what you call computer fraud and abuse. What is that about? And is that a new law here in Michigan? Uh, no, it's not new. It, it's it's constantly being expanded on and it's constantly being extended to certain circumstances now that we're using computers more for different things all the time and smartphones have turned into little computers. So, I mean, it's definitely being charged more because people are using it more. But the computer... Is it an old law? Uh, I, I, was, I believe it was in the 80s, 90s okay. maybe. Um, so again, like the malicious shoes. Okay. Yeah, and, okay. and they, they have it federalized, but in the state of Michigan, it carries, um, it, it, it's actually kind of funny how it works because the way that the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act in Michigan would work, and I, I can't speak to other states and I don't practice federally, but I do know that the way that it works is if you commit a crime and you use a commu um, computer to commit that crime, any crime, any crime at all. Um, the way they penalize you is is the underlying crime. So, for instance, I had a case once. A man was charged with um, child being in possession of child pornography, and um, because the child pornography was in fact in his home computer, he was also charged under computer abuse because the underlying offense was the possession of that child pornography, which carries with it its penalty. And then the penalty of the computer, using the computer to commit that crime was added on top of the underlying offense. So depending on what the underlying offense is and how much the penalty is for that underlying offense, that's what will determine what the penalty is for using a computer to commit that offense. So computer fraud, you commit a crime using the computer any crime or you can you any crime you commit a crime stored on the computer 
like the child pornography was stored on his computer. Correct. So he would be charged for child pornography. Yes. And separate and apart from that, he would be charged for computer fraud and abuse because he stored it on his computer. Correct. Using a computer to commit the crime. Absolutely. And that's it can extend to actual computer crime. So if you're a hacker, that's a computer crime. So it's under that same act. Okay. But hacking has its own set of laws correct so that you'll be charged with that and then your penalty for using a computer to um, To initiate that um would would have its own and in the 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 wild thing about this is is that it can actually convert itself right into a consecutive sentence so that means that let's say you are convicted of let's say child pornography possessing child pornography here is say 10 years i don't know and then convicted of storing it on your computer meaning computer crime and here is another right so the consecutive sentence would be that at the same time actually what it means or is one is, after the other right so you'll serve your so sentence long. on the child possession of child pornography and, and then, then you can start serving your sentence for the computer crime yeah so, so it's it consecutive it rather than um it's rather than um oh the word is escaping me now yes instead of running together Concurrently, concurrently. instead of concurrently, uh, consecutively. Okay, so one after the other. So it makes it longer. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so what is the, um, let's talk about computer fraud. How much jail or is it prison? Depends on the underlying offense. So if you're committing a misdemeanor, for instance, if you're committing um, a larceny of some kind, you're stealing money from somebody somehow, or you're stealing property from somebody um, that's less than $200 in value. Um, you use the computer to do that. Um, you know, a lot of people use their phones. They type in their social security number on their phone. They type in their credit card number on their phone all the time, buying things on Amazon, whatever. And if you have the skill to get through to somebody's uh information and you use that skill in order to steal from them and you commit the crime of larceny and you steal property from them in some way um and the property is less than 200 the the crime itself is only a misdemeanor so the underlying offense being a misdemeanor punishable by up to 93 days in jail plus the one the one year that you would serve for the using a computer to commit that act and it would vary based upon what the underlying offense is and then that would enhance what the computer offense um would would carry what penalty it would carry so then the penalty for computer fraud depends on the underlying crime the more severe the underlying crime is the longer you serve prison in computer fraud correct are there fines and court costs as well is it astronomical astronomical Astronomical. what do you mean by that some of them over twenty thousand dollars in fines and costs they do not want people use absolutely they do not want people using computers to commit crimes because it's so hard to regulate it's so hard for police and it is so prevalent yes because everybody now has some kind of a computer would you call the phone a computer under the computer fraud definition oh absolutely absolutely especially if it has the capability of doing anything most phones today uh, that you can buy um if you're not using a flip phone (laughs) you can probably access amazon.com and put your credit card number in and buy something and if somebody has yeah and if somebody has the skill to get into that um an it skill to get into your personal private information and can steal from you 
that's a, that I would su- submit that that's absolutely a computer fraud case. All right, and you said that the that the penalties for computer fraud are astronomical because they don't want they want to discourage people, they yes. want to severely punish people who do this because they don't want society to engage in this kind of behavior because almost anybody can who has a little bit of knowledge with computers and everybody has access to a computer. Everybody has a computer. Even a seven-year-old has a computer. Absolutely. You get on a child's tablet. I mean, they're, they're, it's like what happened to that you then that YouTube case where the YouTube hackers got into YouTube and were submitting um, this scary doll looking character online and oh, was yes. sending it to children's yes. YouTube and, and it caused some people to commit harmed, suicide. Yeah, the children were listening to this yes. character and I so heard these about kinds that. of things are crimes that are computer under com- computer fraud. So that may, what is the abuse. underlying crime here? In that case, I didn't follow that case, but I would I would presume that the underlying cr- crime would have been hacking. Okay. I, I mean, they hacked into the YouTube. Sure, that is hacking and the using of the very scary images. That could be another crime. W- right. So it would be the crime itself. Most Intimidation crimes. Intimidation or I'm not sure. Well, no, not so much. What it happens is, is sometimes when you have a crime that necessarily inherently wouldn't harm somebody. So if I'm hacking into your computer, I'm not physically harming your body. But, but there this are, one is different. Correct. So I saw the image. It's very scary. Yes, it's it's very grotesque. And, and so what in these cases, when the, inerrant, the crime inherently doesn't carry with it a physical assault on a person, but it ends up causing that, like this case, they can add in there something like hacking causing an injury, just like resisting arrest doesn't naturally always cause an injury, sure, right? Or like but a you car could. accident resulting in serious injury or death. It changes the whole game. It becomes game. a felony. Absolutely. It, it turns from civil to criminal. Right. It's a, and, and there's not a lot of precedent. There's not a lot of case law that is there for that because hacking is what hacking is. You get into someone's computer. Yes, you steal their property. You steal their social security number. You harm them financially. But this case, they hack into YouTube and they cause kids harm because of what they did. Psychological harm. Psychological and, again, and physical. Some kids were committing suicide. And harming themselves. Because, yes. because that sinister character was giving them instructions. It was yeah, talking to them and telling them things. Yeah. Playing with their minds. Exactly. I think they were telling them to chew on glass and all sorts yes. of things. There was a lot of injuries. And I know that you can, the prosecutor is able to... Um, take a crime that wouldn't necessarily normally cause a physical injury to somebody and add that component to it that this is a crime hacking causing injury or be whatever it is yes so i'm talking about computer fraud and abuse and خلاصه الامر انه اي crime اي جنايه اي جنحه الانسان بيحاول يعملها وبيستعمل الكمبيوتر يا بيستعمل الكمبيوتر ليبعتها مثل مثلا انسان عم يعمل هاكينج بيستعمل الكمبيوتر ليروح هاكينج على شخص ثاني او بيستعمل الكمبيوتر تو ستور يعني مثل مثلا تشايلد بورنوغرافي محطوطه على كمبيوتر انسان بالحالتين الكمبيوتر مستعمل والكمبيوتر مش ضروري يكون كمبيوتر كبير الكمبيوتر ممكن يكون تليفون صغير تليفون بايد الانسان سو so, اي جنيه او جنحه فيها استعمال التليفون التابلت الكمبيوتر الايباد الى اخره بطريقه او باخرى مش بس الانسان بده يتعاقب يتعاقب عليها بسبب الجنيه او الجنحه وبده يتعاقب عليها بسبب جنيه الكمبيوتر فراد وكل ما كان الجنيه او الجنحه خطره خطيره اكثر 
كل ما كانت المعاقبة بسبب أو العقاب بسبب الكمبيوتر فراد أعلى يعني إذا إنسان استعمل الكمبيوتر بس ليسرق 200 دولار بده يتجازى على اللارسني بس هي أقل من 200 دولار اللي هي مستمينر وبده يتجازى على الكمبيوتر فراد اللي حتكون أخف كتير الجزء عليها من إذا الإنسان حاطت تشايلد بورنوغرافي على الكمبيوتر تبعه لأنه تشايلد بورنوغرافي هي جناية سرقة أقل من 200 دولار هي لارسني يعني هي جنحة فالكمبيوتر فراد بسبب جناية مثل تشايلد بورنوغرافي هي أكتر من الكمبيوتر فراد بسبب المستمينر Um, speaking of child pornography very quickly, um, is it always a felony? Always. It's a four-year felony. Four-year felony. It's Can not you... enough in my opinion, of but that's my it's... opinion. But right. <laughs> I am a criminal defense attorney. It is what it is. That is the statute. It's a four-year felony. Here now in it, Michigan. In Michigan, it's a so four-year you will felony. So you will be in prison for four years. It's the maximum. The maximum. The maximum is four, four years. years. And there's most of the time in my experience, and I've had a lot of child pornography cases. You have? I have. It's not It's not a fun case to try. But no, unfortunately, these things do exist in the world. So, so what does the child pornography statute say? It basically says is that it if viewing? you're... viewing? Is it possessing? Is it storing? What is it? Well, there's two... S- two ways you can okay. you can be you can be convicted of child pornography yes you can be in possession of it which is the four-year that we just discussed but then you could also be and especially with this day and age with computers as since we're on that topic you can be um in trouble for distributing it if you're sending it to other friends okay, family by emails or anything anything like that. anything at all okay. and um it, it's basically being in possession of it so it's if, if you're in possession of it it's presumed that you viewed it um, but if you are in possession of child pornography, it, it's basically the statute saying that it's child under the age of 18 that is, um, for sexual purposes, um, either posing or just not wearing clothing and they're using it for the purpose of sexual gratification. Um, how is it that sometimes prosecutors or detectives discover, we've read, I was just reading about a gentleman who was arrested on another crime by the FBI and they grabbed his phone and everything and they discovered child pornography so they added another charge to whatever charge. I think he had something to do with the Russia collusion. It was part of this whole thing. This actually is exactly what happened to my last client that I had that was charged with get ready over 118 counts of child pornography is that because he had 118 different videos it was based on the images it was based on the um the megabytes that were downloaded there was so much volume of material that's um what and i assume that in the black market there is child pornography pictures and and videos out there yes so it's not that difficult to access it's not and what usually it happens is is they have whole teams of you know child sex trafficking and in the fbi of course and yes. then of course in um local and state government as well but mainly the fbi because it's mostly on the computer now and that's crossing so that state means lines that's crossing state line that yep. means it's federal it's, it, it touches all 50 states so that's why the fbi is involved exactly they're they're really trying to stop the people who are one producing it and yes, two, of dis- course. And then two, of course, distributing it. Um, so the FBI is involved there, and they have 
you know, their own ways of finding things out, but they're watching and they're monitoring and they have sting operations and they have people that are undercover and that they are getting this information and they are finding people. So they're trying every which way to find the market and stop it. Exactly. And in the state and local, how they're finding out is exactly the way that you just described. Completely unrelated. Exactly. Well, they stumble on the information. Right. They get a warrant for somebody's computer for a different crime and they just uncover it. Um, And then it gets added as a charge. In my last case that I had, this man was charged with 118 counts of child pornography. And, and what ended up happening um, Can was, I interrupt yes. you? When it's stored, is it really stored or has it had a viewing history? If somebody viewed it and deleted it. I'm certain that they probably have. Because it's on the... Yeah, I'm not um, too tech savvy, but I'm sure that um, somebody who's... But let's just say with your clients. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let's just say with your clients it was stored it was it wasn't in the history or deleted or anything no not deleted at all yes and i know that um there are certain cases where it's deleted but somehow is found deep inside of the computer somewhere i don't know how it is but they do find it and most of these people belong to unfortunately there's like online forums and groups and you know dark web crazy things that they are involved in so they're able to find them on those those servers as well but he uh, ultimately was actually being charged um that's your client my client yes i'm sorry my client was actually being charged for another sex related crime to a minor and they ended up getting um a warrant uh, a warrant over his it, computer over his entire everything his house everything and it included okay. to search the computers. his home usually when you have a, a, a child sex crime a csc or criminal sexual conduct case um and it involves a child they, they they're going to get a warrant for your computer a it's, very broad warrant yes. yeah it's probably going to be some child pornography on your computer to be honest if that's the case but um if 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 not and they're in for a different reason but let's say it's something um, that would allow for a computer like a uh, white collar crime that you know they, they're investigating and they got a warrant for the computer and they uncover it just like you suggested in the one that uh, you read the saw in the news or well it, read it. it was a connection uh, in the Russian probe and sadly this gentleman is of Lebanese origin so okay. he caught my attention he was uh, traveling and um, connected with the Trump administration and he traveled to the Seychelles where the islands where he met with some Russian people so the lights were on him to see whether he has any connection to the Russian to the Russian probe yes and they somehow found found something and they charged him with that as he was traveling international and entered the United States he had a warrant for his arrest. When they arrested him, with regard to the Russian probe, they seized his phones, at which time they discovered that there is child pornography. So they added one more charge yes. to his many charges, by the way, but they were all they were all connected to the Russian, to the alleged Russian collusion. Yeah. So it just thing. seems to me that this stuff it's not like you know about it unless somebody went and told about you. It's that you're charged or somebody's charged for another crime that allows the prosecutors, whether state or federal, to access somebody's computer or phone, at which point they're discovering that information. Yes, unless you're the subject of somebody's already ongoing investigation and they're watching you and you're... they. Most people that are involved in the child pornography 
underworld, let's call it, are part of these forms and these servers that are online. They connect together online across the state. And that's what the FBI are mainly monitoring that situation. But you're right. If there's another case like the one you just described or the one I just described that came up, state and local governments, that's how they're finding out. And then if there's another federal uh, department that is investigating you for something else and like in your example, um, and they find something that they didn't expect to uncover, they will add that charge. Absolutely. And that is a, a way that people are getting discovered. Um, but the, the, the charge itself, because everything is being stored in computers and computers can hold so much information, so much data. And has a memory. And has a memory. Um, the way they're charging, they can charge for every single photo and they can Each charge. Each one is a new count. It can be. Or they can, if it's so voluminous and so vast, um, and they. By they, megabyte. By megabyte or um, by file folder. And um, megabyte kind of means that you downloaded a lot of information. That I don't know the answer to, but I think so, because he got 118 counts, and I think I had about 19 boxes of discovery. So, بس لحتى نذكر المستمعين عم نتكلم مع المحامية ماريا باتشينكو اللي منتكلم معها كل نهار جمعة ومنحكي عن قضايا إن كانت family law أو criminal law. لسبب أو لآخر وصلنا ل possession of possession of تشايلد uh, بورنوغرافي عم بتقول انه المخالفه هون في ولايه ميشيغان عليها حبس اربع سنوات وكنا عم نحكي بطريقه سريعه انه اغلبيه ال... وانما ليس دائما بس اغلبيه الاوقات بيكتشفوا التشايلد بورنوغرافي بطريقه اخرى يعني اوقات مثلا بيكون عندهم كمدعي عام او كاف بي اي بيكون عندهم ورنت لينبشوا لينبشوا على شيء تاني وهن وعم بينبشوا على شيء تاني بيكتشفوا على التليفون او بيكتشفوا على الكمبيوتر تبع الشخص انه عنده تشايلد بورنوغرافي واوقات بيكون بسبب مثلا الاف بي اي عم بتعمل مراقبه على انسان واغلبيه الاوقات وانما ليس دائما هيدول الاشخاص اللي عندهم تشايلد بورنوغرافي بيكونوا بفورمز ان ذا دارك ويب مع اخرين داخلين بهيدي القصه والاف بي اي بتكون عارفه فيهم وعم بتراقبهم وعم تدرسهم يعني اوقات بتكون بيكون اللوكال اند ستيت اند انترستيت اوثوريتيز العيون على الانسان واوقات بيكتشفوا البوسيشن تبع تشايلد بورنوغرافي باي اكسيدنت مثل ما بيقولوا كنا عم نذكر هيدا الشخص اللي كان معلق بالراشن كوليوجن اللي وقفوا الاف بي اي هو وفايت على امريكا هو من اصل لبناني للاسف وذي تشارج هيم بشيء خاصه بالراشا كوليوجن واكتشفوا بتليفونه انه عنده تشايلد بورنوغرافي صدافه له تشارجز على تشايلد بورنوغرافي بتقول اوقات انه تشايلد بورنوغرافي شغله كثير شنيعه كل مستمع بيعرف هذا الموضوع كثير قاسيين بموضوع التشايلد بورنوغرافي اوقات صوره هي 1 كاونت صورتين هي 2 كاونت اوقات 1 ميجا بايت هي 1 كاونت يعني الموكل اللي عنده للاسف هو كان متهم انه في تحرش جنسي مع 
بنت يعني طفلة صغيرة تحت عمر 18 فوصلوا على الكمبيوتر تبعه واكتشفوا انه عنده 118 ميجا بايت شو سيد؟ No, it's 118 counts. Because he had 118 megabytes. No, they they distributed it based upon... In such a way, but... In such a way, they divided it up. But he had a lot of megabytes. Yeah, he had a lot on there. Okay, so... So, I'm going to download a lot of megabytes معلومات, so... بطريقه او باخرى ضافوا الكاونتس كل كاونت هي تهمه كل تهمه فيها اربع سنين حبس يعني تصوروا مثلا عشر تهمات بعشر صور صرنا اربعين سنه حبس ميت ميت فيديو باربع سنين صرنا أربعمية سنه سو so, تهمه كثير كبيره وكمان بتقلي انه الكمبيوتر فراد التكاليف الكورت فاينز اند فيز مكلفه كثير اوقات لحد ال ألف دولار um, We have three minutes remaining. Anything else you want to tell us about this case, this client with... Um, is it difficult for you to represent this client? It without, was hard. Without it, passing judgment. It was hard. I mean, it's difficult. Um, luckily, I was in that situation. My client was very forthcoming and pled guilty. Um, and Is it an addiction? It is. It is. A, it, it's is a addiction? sickness. It's a Absolutely. sickness. I don't know that it's an addiction, but it's a sickness. Yeah, it, it's a sickness and a mental health issue that needs lifetime therapy. But do you, do you, um, do you have anything to tell us about the root of a sickness like that? Where does it come from? I don't know. I just know that I mainly just give out um, resources to clients and um, hopefully they get the help they need in prison. So, so let me ask you, is your client in prison? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. And There he's was doing under- how many years? He's doing over 20 because the oh other the other part of the case was is that there was a, a CSE one. Uh, okay, cr- so yeah. I mean, it was it was too much. It was too much with yeah. him. He ended up getting eight eight counts total that he pled guilty to of child pornography, three counts of using a computer to commit a crime, and then he had the criminal sexual conduct in the first degree for um, a, he had pled guilty to raping a, a child under the age of 11. So okay. he was in prison for a very long time. And uh, the best thing that we can do is, is hopefully that there is some resources in the prison for these people that um, they can get to the root cause of this illness, get on some medication and uh, get some therapy. Those people who are not are getting out of prison are being paroled. Hopefully they're getting resources from their parole officer and they can get the help that they need because they need help. Okay. Um, that when you say that it's several counts, let's say he pled guilty to three counts of criminals uh, of of possession of child pornography. Each one is four years, so that's 12 years. Is um, that what you mean? It it it's a carries with it a maximum penalty of up to four years. But the computer crime is what made it consecutive. Okay, it, uh, the rest of everything was held concurrent. So in that case, given that the underlying charge was very severe and it was possession of child pornography, how much was the charge of computer fraud? It was a four-year additional. Each one? Each one. Okay. <sighs> Sad, disgusting, and fascinating at the same time. Yes. It's Thank you very difficult. much You're about very sharing uh, with us about Sadly, child pornography, computer fraud and abuse, um, cyberbullying, and the malicious use of a telecommunication device. Thank you very much, at- Attorney Maria Pachenko. A pleasure to have you. And God willing, we will see you next Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank Rami, you. Rami, thank you very much. And thank you, Joe.